Welcome back. Today, uh, we're going to start off with uh, with a little story. So, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, as you guys know, we launched the podcast. And when we launched the podcast, we had a, a great podcast party, a great launch party. It was phenomenal. You know, had you know a couple hundred people show up. It was it was really great. Came and supported uh, supported us. And um, you know, one of these people who came and supported me was a super super interesting person who I was like very, very adamant about like, okay, I need to get this, you know, this individual on the podcast. Uh, and then, you know, life, uh, you know, gets in the way and, and this starts to happen and we're trying to schedule it out and we're trying to make it happen. And, you know, my schedule's this and her schedule is that. Uh, so it just hadn't happened quite yet. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I'm down in, uh, in Provincetown, Rhode, uh, Provincetown, Rhode Island, Provincetown, Massachusetts on Cape Cod, uh, you know, a place that's very near and dear to my heart, you know, Cape Cod. Um, you know, I was I was there uh, integrating an experience. I had just lost my mom. I, you know, she just passed away, and we had just had her services, and uh, that's where I spent a lot of time with her. Was down there, so we, um, you know, we, we uh, you know, I went down there by myself, and it happened to also be my birthday that next day. So I had gone to the beach and and did my thing, and uh, you know, we we've we talked about it on this show, you know, show before. I, I actually, you know, went to the beach, a, a place where I can I do a thing that's near and dear to my heart, which is be able to take my clothes off and, and be able to do that in a place where it's allowed and, and free. And so I did that and uh, I was having a great day. And then I was, you know, dancing at night. I was going to go out dancing. I was just by myself and I had this, you know, unbelievable, I'm just dancing, having a blast. And then I see this group of people and they are having like the most fun that I've ever seen a group of like eight people having together. Uh, and naturally it's like, okay, you know, you start to share that energy on the dance floor a little bit. They see me, you see what I'm giving. I see what that them, see what they're giving. It's, you know, we like to call it a giddy up. Uh, you know, it's really starting to happen there. Um, and then organically, you know, one of the ladies in the group, you know, comes over, starts dancing with me and, you know, and like, you know, a couple of guys come over, start dancing with me. They invite me into the group. And then like, we just get down for like an hour, yeah. like just organic dancing of like, you know, this, this person's a stranger, but we can full body. Yes. You know, giddy up, let's go, uh, you know, dance with us, have fun. So I'm just dancing with, you know, dancing with these people. And, you know, about an hour into the, you know, the dancing, they ask me who I am, what I'm about. And I tell them I'm, you know, where I'm from. They say, holy shit, no way. We're from York, you know, York, Maine, which is literally the, you know, the couple of towns over. Uh, I'm like, okay, that's amazing. Uh, you know, we go a little bit deeper into it. I, you know, I, I tell her that I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a podcaster who you know, has a cannabis company or, you know, that's around, you know, a wellness company, uh, you know, trying to get people, you know, health. And, you know, she, this, you know, this young lady then informs me that she's a, a you know, an oncology nurse and she's, you know, so it's really, really just the vibes because my mom had passed away from cancer. So, you know, all these things coming together. And then she says to me, you want to know what? It would be really great if you could have my sister on the podcast because she's into cannabis. She has a degree in cannabis and she's incredible. And I said, is your sister Kelsey Cole? <laughs> and yes, her sister was Kelsey Cole. You know, I got to, I got to meet Courtney. Um, and this was just a complete organic vibe that happened. And it was, it was so wonderful. Um, now Kelsey is, uh, the reason I wanted to have her originally on the show is because Kelsey is a, uh, you know, 2020 graduate of, uh, of UMaine. And she decided that she was going, you know, in, in uh, dietetics. Yep. Giddy up. Um, dietetics, and uh, which I think is, is so fascinating coming from that background. Uh, she had a, a degree in, di in dietetics. And she was looking for something to, uh, you know, to, to you know, 
further uh, further expand her knowledge. You know, she's a learner. Uh, she she just can't she can't get enough of uh, you know knowledge to to share with people. And uh, when she goes down the you know that path, it's 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 going to be fully sought out. We're going to learn it. We're going to which I am a uh, I, I have those feelings too. You know, that's how I do things. When it's a go, it's a go. It's a giddy up. Yeah. Um, you know, in 2023, very recently, uh, she graduated with a master's of science uh, in medical cannabis, science, uh, medical cannabis, science and therapeutics. Yep. Okay. From the University of Maryland in Baltimore. Yep. And that's an, that's absolutely incredible, uh, you know, that, that, that she was able to do that. She's, she's likely, uh, you know, one of very few people who have this degree. She is a pioneer. That's who we have on the show. I could not be more happy uh, to introduce my guest today. Kelsey Cole. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, heck yeah. I, I appreciate you taking the time as well and, uh, you know, getting down here. And it's funny how things organically happen like that, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It was meant to happen this way. I believe that. It was. You know, what? when you woke up that morning and you, you saw the picture of, you know, me, me and Courtney, what, you know, what did you think? I had a good chuckle, first of all. My second thought was, Oh, gosh, I hope Courtney did not say anything embarrassing, which was confirmed that that didn't happen. So uh, she's an older sister, so I guess she's allowed to be that way. Yes. Um, but no, I just thought to myself, like, what are the odds? It's it's characteristic of the cannabis community, firstly, to be that so, like, closely connected. Um, but then just kind of characteristic of New England to, like, run into somebody. Um, I know Courtney was like, oh, of course, you know, my sister type of a vibe. Um but yeah, I was I was pretty stoked when I woke up and saw that. I was like, okay, I, I definitely have to get in, back in touch with Steve. I told Courtney I've encouraged her a lot to get back in touch with these. So yeah, see what happens. Yeah, hell yeah. And you know, I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself here. Yeah. But I think it would be really cool to eventually have both of you guys on the show. Oh yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah, and I and I actually know too. There's a, there's another little secret about you as well that you're you're a twin. I am a twin. I uh, I have a younger twin sister, as I told you before we started. Um, who's great. She works in social work. She's uh, she's killing it, like absolutely killing it. She does things that Courtney and I talk about it all the time, like couldn't even imagine doing. Um, and she has the compassion and the brain for it and she kills it. So she'd, she'd be a good addition as well. But. Yeah, it's, it's really nice of you to talk talk about the baby of the family that way. Yeah, you know, I mean, we got to give them something. You got to give them something, right? The, the three minutes. You, oh, yeah. You got her, girl. Oh, yeah. Always. Always be the middle child. Happily. Hell, yeah. Uh, no, I, I think that that would be, I can't wait to meet, Lindsay is her name, right? And I can't wait to meet Lindsay as well. And I yeah. can't, uh, you know, to just a, a quick shout out to the, the, you know, the Cole parents for, oh, you yeah. know, obviously raising three incredible daughters who are really, really impacting, uh, you know, the community that they live in. I think that's incredible. Yeah. They're, uh, they're uh, the proud parents, so... Uh, that's, that's really good. You know, it's like, uh, you know, that, that's what will be. It'll be a podcast, a podcast with the Coles and, you know, dinner evening with the Coles, you know, we'll get off. Well, I don't know if you want to have dinner with the Coles, but you could definitely get us to sit down and chat. We might not behave at dinner. Okay. Okay. I, I hear that. Most of them, I'm one of five, you know, and I'm right in the, you know, kind of in the middle, but more on the, you know, the baby side too. You know, I have a younger sister, um, but that's, you know, chaos, you know, chaos and everyone just trying to prove their point and everyone trying to get a, you know, and that, that's really great because that's how you learn. It's how you grow. It's, you know, you can scream and yell at your sibling, but they're still your sibling and you got to love them the next day anyways. So, oh, absolutely. Teaches you how to kind of like, you know, interact with people in a, in a good way. Oh yeah. I mean, you could keep up with our family for sure. My sister's boyfriend comes along. He doesn't get a word in. You, you, you could keep up though. You're, you're now Lindsay's boyfriend or Courtney's boyfriend? Both. Both. Okay. Yes. Jeff's been around for a while though. And he, uh, 
you would you would get a word in for sure. They they've learned to sit back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, that's that's you know you need that too. You know you yeah. need that, and that's you know my partner's really great at that too. Yeah, she's incredible at, at you know sitting back and just taking everything in, and you know both both you know you need both things to you know the, the weaving of life. Oh, yeah. I, I call it the dance of life. You know, you, you just dance by each other and you do it, you, you know, in a couple. And uh, Jeff is a really awesome dude. I was going to say, you got to meet Jeff down down in uh, P-Town. Yeah, man. Wow. Like, what good energy. You know, like, a lot of times with, with me, because of the way that I dance and, 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 you know, just me, whatever, my, you know, a lot of men, you know, a lot of times, they, especially if they're, like, with their girlfriends, which I'm assuming that was the case, you know. Yep. It was, you know, it seemed that way from the get-go. And yeah. I... I confirmed that that was the case for for at least like three of the people there you know I think all of them yeah but it was like you know for them to all welcome me in like that's the real giddy up because like I'm not I'm not out here to try to impress anyone or I'm not trying to get a lady or a man or anything like that I'm, I'm out here to just live my life and feel good in my own body and dance and like who wants to do that with me anybody and like they truly uh you know Jeff and, and the guys there they they knew that that was the the case and um you know let let the story, the, you know, the moral of the story there is like, let those experiences happen more, everybody. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, don't be, uh, you know, don't be jealous. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Like the only way is through. And it's like, it's really cool to meet a stranger and to have, uh, you know, to, to feel like family after, you know, after only an hour or so yeah. to give yourself those experiences. Sometimes you just got to, you know, stop, stop thinking and get out of your own way. Oh yeah. And that friend group is like so great about it. They've, they've adopted Lindsay and I into their friend group a lot of the time. So we have a, we have a great time with them. Yeah, heck yeah. I can't wait till that, you know, all of us go dancing together. It's going to be a blast. It's bound to happen eventually. It definitely will. And if it doesn't, you'll mistakenly run into one of us and then we'll make it happen. Yeah, ex- <laughs> right. Exactly. The the universe is already on the is already on the path. You know, oh, we're, we're already heading that way 100 percent. So I think it's uh, I think it's, um, you know, very cool that you decided like that you were going to, uh, you know, take this year from Maine. You know, so like you'd seen the, you know, the medical cannabis program growing, you know, likely one of the best medical programs in the country. Arguably, yeah. Arguably, definitely, arguably. Um, and like, you know, just what made you make that choice, you know, because it seems like, you know, your, your, you know, your older sister was a nurse. Um, and, you know, so I, my older brother was a pharmacist. That's yeah. what I decided to do was to go into pharmacy. And uh, it took me a took me a little bit longer to get to the point to figure out that I was my own person and that I had other uh, ideas of how to bring people wellness mm-hmm. um, and being comfortable with that, especially when it was something like opposite to what I, you know, to what I learned, you know, that yeah. cannabis was, a, you know, a, a scheduled one drug and that it was, there was, that me- that means that there is no medicinal benefit. Um, you know, that's what they had tried to teach me. And just, uh, you know, going through that process was, uh, has been very eye-opening and fun and, and challenging and, and, you know, hard sometimes. Uh, but I, I'm just real excited to, to hear about your story as somebody who decided to, you know, go full go and, and full bore and, and to, to back it up with a, with a degree. Yeah. I, uh, well, I started very similar to you. My older sister studied nutrition in college um, and she took a liking to it. And when I figured out what I wanted to do in college, I started in an athletic training route. I always knew I wanted to be in so- some sort of health science field. I just didn't know exactly which one. Um, I had my first ever college professor um, tell me that I was anal retentive for asking too many questions in my first athletic training class. So I said, yeah, this is not going to be for me because try as I may, I couldn't have, couldn't have put up with her for four years uh, knowing how many classes I would have had to have with somebody that just I just wasn't the learning environment that I that I thrived in. I'm, I'm a question person. I have a curious mind. 
Um, a lot of the times I like to participate even if I'm not asking a question. Um, so the second I got into that environment, I just knew it wasn't a right fit for me. Um, bounced into exercise science, kind of developed my further liking for the sciences through that. Um, then I had taken a slight hiatus from the University of Maine, um, ended up back there as a sophomore and just had to pick a degree to go back into the college with. And I was like, you know what, Courtney studies nutrition. I think I could like nutrition. And uh, sophomore year, I kind of jumped right into it, um, was really liking the core coursework. Um, and then kind of as I started to get into my upper level um, undergraduate courses, I was just kind of like, I don't know if I want to do this forever, you know, especially as the culture surrounding, or I guess diet culture was starting to, well, not starting to, because it's always been around, but like diet culture, in my opinion, is really in its peak right now because of social media and everybody thinks that they know what they're talking about because they pick up a magazine or they read about a trend online or whatnot. Um, so for me, I felt like I was kind of always going to be fighting for a little bit of validity in my field. Um, and I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't know if I wanted to like compete with people that thought that they knew what they were talking about based off of like what they read in a, about a fad diet in a magazine. Um, and so luck have it, the pandemic struck and I moved home in 2020, graduated um, was bartending, kind of trying to figure out what I was doing. Um, had some things pop up where I started um, seeking out cannabis from a friend of mine. Um, he was home growing. Um, I used cannabis a little bit um, when I was in my undergrad, but nothing, nothing crazy. Um, I'd always kind of, I don't necessarily, I, I had a little bit of a stigma towards it and we talked about that. Um, so I just, I never really found use for it other than medicinally, or not medicinally, recreationally. Yeah, you, you just thought it was for people who were getting high. Yep. Maybe, maybe being a little lazy. Yeah. And uh, I had a buddy that got it for me, really to help with my anxiety, more so to help with sleep at night. Um, and then I kind of started to be like, okay, this this is working for me. But as my mind always works, I wanted to know why it worked. And um, I wanted to know what could work better. Um, I had a friend encourage me to get a medical card, um, opened me up to how easy it, or accessible it was in Maine. I don't like to say easy. I like accessible. Yeah, accessible. Uh, yeah, language language matters. Yeah. So Maine has a very accessible market, which is great. Um, I hopped on a phone call with a, uh, a practitioner and they got me kind of hooked up with my card. I went into um, a shop for the first time and I remember what I did is I, I shopped online. I bought a bunch of pre-rolls. And I smoked them all and I wrote down how they made me feel. And then I went on and I searched what was in it. And then I said, okay, that's that's why I like that. And I'd kind of fallen into that habit a little bit um, until I stumbled upon the program. My dad was actually the one who stumbled upon it, which people have a good laugh about. My dad is um, my dad is as straight and narrow as they come when it comes to any of that. He's, a, he's an Air Force guy through and through. So uh, it was funny when he came and presented this to me and was like, I think that this is what you should do for a living. And I was like, I don't know, like, especially from the background, I was like, ah, I don't know, I don't know. And um, he was really, really adamant that it was something that I should do. And, and my mother was very adamant. She's like, I think that this is this is what you should do. And um, I was like, you know what? I'm I'm my mother would like to say I'm an impulsive person. <laughs> I personally don't find myself to be that way. But uh, I was like, you know what? I thought about it. I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? We'll just do it. At one point, you kind of just have to like. I'm a, you just kind of have to cut loose control a little bit, um, which is tricky for me. But I was like, let's just do it. If I hate it, then I can just be done with it. And I got into it and I was absolutely enamored by it. I mean, we um, we cut, 
study such a broad scope of topics that I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be, I'm just going to like have my head in a book for two years, which was, which was a great idea. Uh, a little bit of a daunting idea as well, because I was still working at the time, but um, I was really excited for it. So it kind of fell into my lap in, in, in a way that uh, was unexpected. I had the background for it. I had the, like, I had the drive for that, um, for that health and wellness industry. Um, and then I, 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 we spoke about it briefly. Um, like I really chose nutrition or stuck with nutrition till the end because I wanted, I wanted people to be in a field of medicine, preventative medicine, maintenance medicine that they have 100% control over. Um, and cannabis is a very similar industry in that manner where, um, first thing I do when a patient comes into my shop is I ask them how they prefer to ingest something if they've never ingested it before um, or, or inhaled it before. Um, and that just gives them a little bit of a, makes them more comfortable. They, they go, okay, you're not going to tell me what I should do. I'm going to tell you what I want to do. And we're going to meet in the middle when it comes to something that's going to make me feel better. Yeah. And they feel better. They're, they're more likely to be compliant. They just, they feel better knowing that they have a little bit of control when it comes to it. Um, which I think is great. Some patients want you to just tell them, um, but a lot of patients want want to have that say, and they want you to be like, you can choose this or you can choose that. Either one would be fantastic. What would make you more comfortable? Um, and I liked that aspect of it. I felt like it mimicked nutrition a lot in that way. And then I, I mean, in my naive head at the time, I was like, oh, well, worst case scenario, I can always just make edibles because I have a food science and nutrition degree. So that yeah. was kind of always my fallback was like, I guess I can just go make edibles <laughs> if I don't end up wanting to be in the real like nitty-gritty science part of it so well I think that you're uh, you know there's a couple of things I, I want to touch on there um the first being I think that uh, that your parents being supportive of you and yeah. trying to help you find you know your dad came to you with this a guy who's not uh you know not pro-cannabis or wasn't pro-cannabis yeah. beforehand um and he comes up and says hey Kelsey I think this might be a great thing for you to do and to explore and you know your mom was behind it too I think that a lot of people don't have that type of support yeah um and to have that uh, that's a giddy up yeah uh, sure. So that, that's awesome. Um, and I think that you like intuitively, you know, knowing like that, you know, kind of like figuring out what you want to do. You know, you're a young lady and if we don't have to decide what we want to do right off. That's it's not the answer for, for anybody. You know, we need to find out who we are. Mm -hmm. That's what the, the you know, the world is about. It's what this show is really about is trying to figure out who you are because we're all these super individual, unique people. And that's an incredible thing. And realizing that, you know, maybe only like five percent of us get to realize that right now and you know increasing that percentage is really what um you know the mission of the show is and what i i would hope the mission of like all communities are yeah um i think that the the way that you know you kind of came into cannabis and knowing that at first it was like this is something that's helping me personally something that i didn't have a personal relationship with before and i think that's how a lot of people come into it it's how i you know i kind of had a similar story that it was recreational beforehand and uh then i came to a spot in my life where you know anxiety and, and needed help sleeping specifically and you know the cannabis is you know maybe not completely long term forever but in in the short term it is a great you know short term to medium term it is a great great tool for for helping you relax and helping you get some you know close your eyes and rest a little bit yeah um so I love that you started going down the rabbit hole of, yeah. of what of what's in this and what's and then you know you, you decided hey, i'm going to get the degree to back this up and mm. um I, uh, the idea that preventative medicine is the, is really the giddy up is what we want people to focus on because it, it's with your diet. I mean, you already said it. it's like your diet, 
you know, these plants that we have, like having a personal relationship with all of these things, with wellness, also with movement, also with meditation. Yeah. Uh, having a personal relationship with this stuff is, is the most important because you can't go into somewhere and say like, hey, you know, that's why like pharmacy is like just a, it's just really odd because, you know, different, you know, everything is, you know, we have these peer reviewed, you know, you know, randomized, you know, controlled trials that is, you know, the gold standard of medicine. And it's like a lot of times it's, it's the, out, the outcomes are already decided. You know, you have such a small little window that you're trying to prove and yeah, you might get outcomes. Sure. But it's so much more personalized with that, personalized to who you are as a person, personalized to your, your genetics, your ethnicity, yeah. all these type of things that we, we need to pay more focus to and like starts with food. Yeah. And then the next thing after that is, is these personalized medicines that you can use, you know, cannabis, psilocybin, stuff that we can grow that's of the earth. Uh, so I think that's great that you uh, like have that background of, of that view because that's very much so how we view it here is like it's this personal relationship that you have to develop with it. Um, and that might be sometimes being told what, you know, this this might work for you or this is this is what you want and this will be good. But like having that dialogue back and forth is uh, is is really important. Yeah. And I tell my patients a lot of the time too, like I want them to do what I did, like Obviously, they have a little bit of a different starting point than I did because I was doing a lot of it by myself. But like I give my patients a start point and I say, I think that uh, one, two, three products are going to work for you or even just start with a single one out of the three that I list. You don't take stock of how you feel when you get home and you use this for whatever you might be using it for. If this doesn't work, try it again. If that doesn't work, come back. Unless it's causing you harm, don't try to get to it. If we're talking like a completely cannabis naive individual walks into the dispensary, usually, obviously, I always start by saying, welcome to the shop. They've ever shopped with us before. If they haven't, we give them kind of a brief overview. Um, our shop space is really nice, um, very comfortable. Um, lots of things to interact with. You can usually see all the edibles on the shelf. You can see a lot of the, um, like, the raw, like, cannabis products um, are all out on display for people to see. Um, makes it much easier to describe it to people that are not familiar with it. Um, we deal with a lot of clientele over the age of 65, so um, it's much easier to show them what a dab is than explain to them what a dab is. Yeah. Um, but if we're if we're dealing with a completely cannabis-naive individual, typically um, I'll greet them. I always try to build a nice rapport with them before they um, walk into the shop. If it's a repeat patient, um, if I can remember who they are, a lot of the time they remember who I am, so I try my best to remember who they are really good with faces, really bad with names. Yeah. Um, usually once we get talking, I'm like, oh, I remember who you are. Um, and I figure out I've nicknamed them in my head. It's like, you're the, you're the edible drink person. Like, I just remember people buy the products that they purchase most of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. If they're completely, if they're completely new patient, um, I kind of ask them what they're comfortable with. Um, again, if they're a repeat patient. I asked them if they were comfortable with what they had the last time. Um, if they're not, I we were really lucky um, where I work. Um, my boss keeps every all the test results on hand. Um, so usually if I don't know something off the top of my head is like a second alternative, I'll usually pull out um, our book of test results. I'll look at the terpene profile of a different strain if they prefer smoking um, or inhaling. Um, I'll look at the cannabinoid profile of it to see if it's something that would be effective for them. Um, I also try to look at the other products that we have in the shop that we could use to enhance them. We have a lot of isolates um, that people can kind of huck in with their flour and whatnot. Um, and then I then I kind of just teach them how to use it because a lot of these people, especially if they're cannabis naive, kind of have no they have no idea where to start. I mean, you tell them to smoke a joint and they go, okay, like how do you how do you light it? 
You know what I mean? Or or when I how big of a puff do I take? And that's again part of another. Do I hold it in my lungs? Exactly. Do I do it's, this? So a lot of the time, I'm I'm teaching people um, like a lot of the the practices that they'll do, which is really fun too. Um, but I'd say we do we deal with a lot of patients that deal with um, pain, whether it be inflammatory pain, neuropathic pain. We deal with a lot of um, like anxiety patients. Um, in the winter, we deal with a little bit more seasonal depression patients. Um, and then we obviously have like some outliers of people that um, are dealing with like stage four cancers and um, really extreme like neurodegenerative conditions and whatnot. Um, so with those patients, a lot of the um, a lot of the care that we give them is more comfort in, in maintenance. And um, when it comes to taking care of those patients, I personally let them have way more of a say in what it is we're doing. I usually just keep my mouth shut. Um, and I'm like, I'll tell them what we have that I think might be good if they're open to hearing it. But usually they kind of have it set in their mind what it is um, that's going to make them feel better. Um, and I I let them go for it because comfort comfort is a, comfort's a p- important. Comfort's essential. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, well, at that point, at that point, if we if we can't do anything to prevent it or even maintain the, the state of which um, their disease is at or their condition's at. Um, then usually we're just like, what's going to make you comfortable? What's going to make you happy? Um, when it comes to like our pain patients on a regular basis, our anxiety patients, um, like even our appetite stimulating patients, um, I love I love interacting with them. A, a lot of the um, a lot of the pain patients, first thing I try to recommend is something non intoxicating. Like I said, we deal with a population of sixty five plus, um, and we have really great outcomes with that population a lot. And I think it's because. And this is uh, another thing I struggle with in the industry. And obviously, um, as time progresses, I hope to see it change. But um, you do have these people in a medical market since it is so accessible, not always using it truly medicinally. Um, So when I speak to people, I think sometimes they they get frustrated with me. But I'll talk about like using this very intentionally. And they'll sometimes be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I try to make sure um, they know that the standpoint I'm coming from is from not just, I, I understand the importance of recreation when it comes to even a medicinal standpoint, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. relaxing. And again, that comfort care is very important. So I have no problem with somebody coming in and telling me that they want to use a product to chill out at the end of the night. I'm not going to sit there and judge and bore it. Right. Personal um, growth is a real thing too. Oh, and so, absolutely. you know, creativity, uh, you know, just getting into a certain space, that's yeah. a, that's a giddy up. Um, but yeah, when it comes to like the medical patients, um, we see a lot of we see a lot of really effective treatments when it comes to our patients and a lot of people are very patient with us um in understanding that like they're up until three years ago or the graduating class of 2020 in my program there was not a program that studied on or studied cannabis in the therapeutic sense you know what i mean um so a lot of our patients are are very patient in knowing that fact um and when they come back to us with a recommend or, or with feedback on a recommendation that we made, um, a lot of the times it's either telling us that, oh, my God, this was excellent. Um, this changed my whole outlook. I had a woman come in last week and um, she's one of my favorite patients because she does use things very, very intentionally. And she uses that language with me, too, which I, I love to hear. And um, we got her on a new regimen and um, I was actually about to head out the door and she poked her head in the door and she was just like, that's. That's so incredible. I feel so much better. Um, 
so those are the those are the the really satisfying people. Um, I do love obviously seeing people on a regular basis. That I'm like, okay, I was able to mitigate your pain with um, we use a lot of topical solutions for pain and whatnot, and yeah, um, general gummies for for all around generalized pain, but not non intoxicating, non intoxicating as well. So what are we looking to uh, you know what are we looking to target here? Um, we'll, we'll say this: we use a lot of CBG, or I recommend a lot of CBG to people, especially when it comes to neuropathic pain. Um, I'm recommending a lot of CBD. Um, CBD for, for neuropathic pain? For neuropathic pain, CBD for uh, inflammatory pain. Um, I will try to recommend THC with CBD because a lot of the time my patients don't just don't just fly for a CBD recommendation, which of the thing is, is I'm actually, I'm I'm more than okay with recommend, recommending a little bit of THC in with it as well because, well, the entourage effect. And yeah. um, sometimes that little bit of THC can really enhance the activity of the CBD and then people go, oh, now it's working. Yeah. And you go, okay good stick with it you know? yeah for sure and so it's definitely something to that you know I'm, I'm putting cbd all over my body i've been putting it in yeah. my hair i've been putting it out you know for yeah. years and years and years and i think you know the the thc the entourage effect you know if i do actually have like i put it on my body for like maintenance because i like the way it, what it does for my skin i like what it does to my hair yeah i think it's a great you know uh you know that's a great use for it mm-hmm. um but i think that if i actually have some like pain then that's when i will uh you know rub some some thc solve on there as well and because that they're they work differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm 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 I've been using a lot of CBD, a lot of CBG. Um, I have really bad knees, and I've been running a lot, so I've um, been using that on my knees quite a lot. Okay, um, cool. so it's not I don't I don't just exclusively recommend CBG for uh, nerve pain, but it's it's one of those things like if I'm if I'm having a conversation with people and I'm asking them about their pain, asking them to des- describe their pain, and they um, mention anything related to any sort of like neuropathic pain or just general like back pain I'm always like okay let's let's go with some CBG especially when it comes to my older patients um, it's usually the first thing I recommend um, and what's awesome is they're usually on board because um, they don't want to be feeling they don't want to be feeling intoxicated either as they go around their house and just just try to walk down the stairs you know what I mean right yeah they're just trying to exist yeah. and like the plant is you know this plant is an incredible plant yeah the entire body of it and we haven't even discovered a lot of the stuff that that will be beneficial for you know you're hearing all these new terms that are coming up and you know in the last couple of years in the last five to ten years you know unless somebody was a master grower yeah. you know and they really knew what you know what was going on like you said the science didn't really exist so we weren't talking about this at at, at any university there was no higher learning for it so it was all being done by people who just were so incredibly authentic authentically passionate about the plant because of what they saw and the outcomes what they saw what it was doing for you know for for millennia, you know, in, in other places, um, and you know, getting it to the point where people can can you know use it, by, you know, use it more freely, and you know, getting you know, once we started to develop outcomes, I think that's when the the opinion started to like you know change a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And and you and I spoke to this a little bit. I come from I come from a very unique background when it comes to entering into the cannabis space. Um, I was a big skeptic for a long time, and. Um, I think every every single day I see examples of it and I'm an example of it where like the efficacy of the plant will overcome any bias that you've ever had about it. You can and and you can hold a space where you acknowledge the um like the adverse effects of the plant and the things that we don't know about it, but you can also accept that it's very effective for a lot of people. It's, it's changed a lot of people's lives and there's room for both of those things. They don't, they don't, they're not mutually exclusive, you know? So I think that, yeah, I just love seeing it every day. We spoke a little bit about my background the other day. Um, 
and it's the thing that I like the most about the industry. I and is that growth that that is the room, growth. room for growth and that room yep. for people to say like, hey, yeah, there's space for. Uh, and I'm really happy about that too because, like you said, a lot of the times it's it's strictly, you know, these are the positive outcomes and these are the negative outcomes. When you're talking about you know uh, substances that you know used to be illicit, yep. Um, you know, it's sure there is space for the fact that it might make you uh, you know feel a little weird or you know you're not used to getting that that high intoxicating feeling. Yep. Uh, but at the same time, you woke up the next day, you felt you know you know you felt rested and you know your knees felt better and you were able to move through your day a little bit better. Um, and there's so many more options that are becoming available that, you know, are not intoxicating and like just exploring it as, as much as possible and not, you know, not letting it, uh, you know, die out either because it's, it's really, you know, the, the commercialization of it is a, is a good thing because we need it to become an industry. We need people to have, you know, access to it. Like you've been saying, that's the biggest thing about this is access to these medicines, mm -hmm. but it can be, a it can, um, you know, we're just scratching the surface. Like, and I think that it would be, you know, I'd love to hear you speak about, you know, speak about that and like what you learned and what you can maybe see the plant going towards. Like, you know, where like it's, it's, there's so much that can be done. And like, you know, my brain's always swimming because of what it's done for me. Like, you know, I think the main reason, you know, my, my dad's bald, my brother's bald, you know, my whole family and that. The reason I think I have my hair still is because yeah. intentionally I use this in my hair and I've been, you know, I also, you know, meditate on it and all this other stuff and don't, you know, only wear specific hats. And there's a lot that goes into it. But, you know, cannabis is a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. And it's like no one's even talking about that. No one's talking that, you know, that, that this might be, you know, good for, for hair growth. And, you know, I can we can get into the weeds. You want to talk about the mechanism of action. I can get into that a little bit with you, too. But, yeah. you know, that's not people aren't quite there yet. No. You know, so it's like, OK, let's just try to use these products. Let's educate people if they if they want to hear it yep. um, and give them the space to know that, like, hey, you're. You know, it takes, you know, regardless of your opinions on it, you know, it, it takes, you know, 60 to 90 days for an SSRI, you know, to work, you know, Prozac, Soloft, these, you know, and, and work, quote, work, end quote, you know, like whether that's even working, you know, for it to take effect, it yeah. takes 60 to 90 days. Mm -hmm. And so like to tell somebody like, hey, you might have to mess around with this a little bit. You might have to deal with some of these adverse events, you know, what, what it may be. But those are, you know, controllable as long as you're in a safe space and you're, uh, you, you know, with that, you, you know, you've taken the time to uh, educate yourself on that, speak, spoken to somebody like you about what those uh, risks might be. Yeah. And that's like one of the bigger things that I, well, it's something that I try to remember to do with my patients a lot, especially when it comes to people that actually come in seeking like mm -hmm. medical advice um, is, is emphasize not just the, the benefits of the plant, but also um, like any sort of adverse effects that can be experienced. I, I had a woman the other day come in um, like hellbent on a CBD tincture. And the second I asked her, I said, well, is, your, is, um, is the person you're seeking this information for, are they, are they on medications? You know what I mean? They were, they were picking my brain about some CBD products and I just said, are they on medications? And they said, well, yeah. And I go, okay, well, as a general, just as a general rule of thumb, I tell my patients, if you're on medications, because I don't I ha don't have enough experience to necessarily sit there, have them tell me medication, then know off the top of my head, like, oh, that's um, that's going to interact with it. That's going to cause this effect, you know. So as as a general rule of thumb, when it comes to my older patients, I always try to ask what medications that they're on and then express to them, OK, well, if you're going to be uting utilizing these products, make sure that you're taking your cannabis to an hour and a half to two hours after you take your regular medications, if you're swallowing your medications. OK. Um just so that they understand the potential um, for, for polypharmacy interactions. 
well, when I spoke to this woman, the second that came out of my mouth, she was like, I think, I think we'll try a topical. And I think the biggest thing my, my schooling taught me, um, to get back to kind of the, the focus of it is there's a huge emphasis on like the patient care process that my degree program took, um, which was great. And now it's kind of ingrained to me, like anybody can kind of go on and read things, but we really learned, um, an in-depth, like we really learned in depth, like how to build rapport with people, how to get them to tell you like what they really want to say about themselves. You know what I mean? Like people love to be, they love to walk into my shop and go, um, I need help sleeping. And I go, okay, then I recommend something for sleep. And then they come back and they go, well, that didn't do anything for me. And I, and, and they go, well, it's because it had no THC. And I go, okay, well, you weren't looking for sleep. You were looking for potency. You just didn't say that correctly to me. So I recommended something different. Um, and just my degree program really, um, really kind of helped me to become more comfortable um, building rapport with people, asking them and knowing which questions that I need to ask in the short little bit of interaction that I have with them. Um, and that's even like the cannabis aspect of it aside. We talked a lot about the patient care process in my degree program, and it was reiterated to us a lot. Um, like, make sure you're getting all the information about your patients. Make sure that you're including them in their decision making. Make sure you're telling them that they need to cue their doctor into um, into what it is that they're doing. Yeah. Um, because I do tell people, I go, I'm not a doctor. I say, especially if somebody says, is there a doctor in the room? As if somebody's choking, do not yell, there's a doctor in the room. So I'm not one. Right. And so I say, I really would, I would prefer you cue your physician in on what it is that we're doing. You don't need to ask for their permission. You just need to inform them that that's something that they're doing because if, you know, if you have to take a trip to the hospital by yourself because you forgot what it was that I said to you or you happen to take your medications too close and you didn't have a family member with you that knew what you took. You know, it's it's a tricky situation once you get into the ER for them to know what to do with you. You know yeah. what I mean? If they don't know that you're intoxicated from cannabis. Um, it is tricky. And I, I will say, like, I, I appreciate what you're doing. I think that it's really great. And I think that that's a, a good idea to, to do that so people have that personal relationship with it. Yeah. So that they say, okay, I... I know how my medicines make me feel because some medica- med- you know, medications can't, pharmaceuticals can change the way you, you, know, you feel. If it's a high blood pressure medication, it might you know, make you feel a little bit different after you take yeah. it. Or you know, you know, a lot of these you know, are going to make people, and they have a relationship with that, mm-hmm. or at least they should. Yeah. It shouldn't just be, you know, it should be intention. You know, why am I taking this medicine? It's because my blood pressure is high or because my, you know, my A1C is high because I have diabetes and that's why I'm taking this medication. And they will feel a little different. So spacing it out is, is definitely a, a good thing. Yeah. I will also say... Uh, CBD, THC yeah. has, uh, you know, there's a thing in like in pharmacy, we talk about like the danger of drugs, you know, mm-hmm. we call it a therapeutic index. Yeah. And so like that is how dangerous the drug might be to the person, uh, you know, if they take a lot of it or to, you know, for, you know, for polypharmacy interactions and, you know, cannabis is it regard compared to other drugs, it's very, very safe, like very safe. Like there's going to be, you know, yeah, sure. There, there might be some interactions that happen, but no. A lot of them, you know, the ones that are going to make you go to the hospital are very few and far between, like, yeah. like, like, you know, almost non-existent. You know, like, I, I, have you had a patient has who's had to go to the ER? Because no, of none cannabis? of our, none of our patients have. We've had some patients that have really bad reactions, and a lot of the time, I'll tell my patients, especially if they're starting something new, like, try this on a day that you don't have to do anything, mm-hmm. and make sure if you're doing it that you have somebody that knows you're doing it where you might be like, hey, I'm kind of not sure what it is I'm doing today. Maybe you want to check in on me later. Um, obviously not for like, we're not worried about like any sort of lethal outcomes or anything like that. But um, 
especially with us serving an older clientele, the the worry is always there that I don't know somebody has an adverse reaction, gets dizzy, falls, fall risk. You know that's yeah. huge, especially if they can't get to the phone to to contact somebody. So we don't necessarily run into that on a regular basis. Um, it's just something we always urge our patients about. We do get some older patients that come in um, talking about dizziness. Yeah. Um, and that's usually when I'm like, well, when did you take your meds? When did you when did you take your edible? Yeah, that um, that is the time to ask it, right? Yeah. And because the medicine can have a very much so effect yeah. on, you know, on their level, yeah. on their, you know, if they're taking it from for blood pressure, that maybe was why they got dizzy. And then, they, yeah. you know, they did cannabis, which is also going to make them, you know, their blood pressure go in that direction a little bit as well. So that there's definitely like reasons for that happening. And I'm yeah. glad that th- that's the that's the interaction you should be having. I'm glad that you're doing that. Yeah. And it's it's one of the things that like. I am hoping to see change about the industry and one of the things that like excited me about entering into the space and I, I, the program is very, very, um, very broad with what we talk to or or what we touch on. Um, Like the first class that we take is all about um, history, policy, culture, attitudes. Um, And then it's followed up by like an introduction to pharmacology. Um, They tried to attract kids, well, not kids, adults from all over the world. Um, We have people that are in my program from diverse backgrounds. Um, I have I have a friend um, who's, he lives down in Florida. He's a hand surgeon. Um, I had a friend who had a psychology degree. Um, I was with my nutrition degree. We have people that have been working in the space for for years and years and years. Um, like my, my hand surgeon friend, he was the one that, he entered the space because he knew that this would be a medicine he needed to utilize one day and he wanted to be able to, to give that to his patients. Um, so I, I, I say that because we, we just, I, I met a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds and the intent of the program, um, and not to mitigate what I got from it because I got a lot from it. But the thing I wish that they did is I wish that they took, um, kind of this, the different sectors of the cannabis space and they made concentrations of them because I was taking, um, like federal and state cannabis law courses, which are obviously important to me, but, um, with my, with my intentions, um, I obviously want to work in a more um, like educator, educator type space um, or in a dispensary space. You know what I mean? Where um, I'm dealing with more of the science. We have people in my program that are super interested in advocacy and policy making, And there were courses that we took that were um, really covered those. So like I got a very diverse education when it comes to cannabis. I studied a lot about the laws. I studied a lot about the attitudes. I studied... Um, a lot of well, a lot about the pharmacology, very basic pharmacology. Um, we had spoken a little bit about it on the on the phone the other day. Um, like, I wish that we had gone into a little bit more nitty gritty, which I think they could have achieved. Um, I think in five years, firstly, and then I think secondly, with um, kind of like putting us into different boxes, where okay, this is um, this is a science focus. This different is tracks. educate, yeah, diff- just different tracks. Um, this is policymaking track. This is yep. the clinical educator track. And, yep. you know, this is the maybe the grower track. Yeah. And then, I, yeah, I just think I think we would have um, been able to benefit a lot more from that, especially where like I sit in my dispensary space right now. I feel like I might have a little bit more of a comprehensive s- scope of everything. Uh, not to sell myself short. We learned a lot. Um, I just I wish that we had kind of had a little bit more of a focus on on one thing versus another. Um, but I also feel very like grateful that I got a really well-rounded education about it because when I started it, I had an idea of what I wanted to do. Um, it pretty well mimics what I want to do now, but um, 
I, I, I don't, I didn't hate the opportunity to learn about the different disciplines because who knows, I could have really taken to one, you know? So I, I don't necessarily, I'm not going to sit here and like get on a soapbox and say, yeah. I hated the other courses that I took because I really enjoyed them. Um, just being on the other side of it, knowing my goals, I wish that we had had more of, um, yeah, or more focuses, more like concentrations within our, our degree program, but that will be forthcoming. Um, we had spoken a little bit about like the ability to educate and a lack of um, knowledge to, to even educate, you know what I mean? So yeah. that that will change with the field evolving. Um, hopefully in the next five to 10 years, we'll see uh, a little bit more of a focus within that program. So the people that are coming out of it are going into the advocacy space, going into the politics uh, or in lawmaking space, and then going into the science um, and therapeutic space with it. But we'll see. Overall, though, it was a, a great program that gave you exposure to, you know, a diverse group of people who were learning in a, in a you know, in a different way and trying to, um, you know, let me ask you, like, I think you're, you know, not the, I don't want to ask you, I, yeah. I think just maybe as somebody who's had a little bit more experience on this yeah. earth than you, you know, I, I think is what the case is here, Kelsey. Just a little bit. You're going to have to learn. You're going to yeah. have to do oh, it. Yeah. You're going to have to be the one. You know, you're going to have to get yourself back into that program or whatever yeah. program it means. You're telling me that you, you know, you're, you know, your giddy up is to become a clinical educator and to let yeah. people know about this and to learn the science and to, to, to give the kids the information that might not quite be there yet because yeah. we're, it's not quite there yet, you know, mm -hmm. but we're starting to, to get to that point where yeah. we're, you know, we're starting to st study it at, a, at a, uh, a lot better level than we had federally ever before because yeah. just because of access, you know, before it was all coming from one place in Mississippi. You know, that's no longer happening. There's other places where we can get actual THC that's being used by the population, cannabis that's being used by the population into these tests, getting people into some of these, um, you know, these trials to kind of, that's, again, random control trials, trials that aren't, aren't the be all end all, but they can be good and they have value. Yeah. And so I think we'll be figuring that out. And like, you know, is that something that you're telling me you might like be interested in doing, you know, is being a person who, who, who learns this stuff and. Uh, you know, I'm 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 sitting here, you know, and I'm thinking like, you know, two years from now, we're I know we're putting your book right here in front, you know, and it's I'll like, sign the copy too, you know. Yeah, man, I don't get forget where it came from. I'm just I'm just kidding with you there, but no, I love it. Sign for <laughs> sign away, you know. That's what I'm saying though, because that that's what I hear from you is that like, you know, you you know, you you maybe you could become this person because it is something that's needed, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily I, I have an idea of what I want to do. I know that like I. I, I touched on it a little bit at the beginning. Like I started in an, in a program that I really thought I wanted to do. I I like really thought I wanted to be an athletic trainer. Don't get me wrong. When I stepped in that classroom and was was spoken to in a manner that made me feel like like my learning style was going to be like kind of frowned upon in my degree field, I was like, yeah, no, I'm I'm good. I don't I don't need to I don't need to be here. Clearly, um, and so for me, like. I want to jump into a space where I'm able to educate people in a manner like in a manner that's accessible to everybody. Again, that was a huge, huge emphasis in my program was like health literacy. Um, I, I, I even like we even talked about this in my nutrition undergrad a lot, like the education surrounding nutrition. People think that everybody knows everything about nutrition. Everybody that enters the cannabis space assumes that everybody knows everything about cannabis. It's just not the case. So. I would definitely like to see myself in an in an educator setting. I don't necessarily know, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna confine me to what box that would end up being in. But um, I do. Do you mean in terms of the University of Maryland? I mean anywhere. I mean like you know I think like if you if you are gonna be a person who want you know wants to do this and uh, you know educate people about the science and about what's going on, you know there's gonna be 
the program in Maryland tells yeah. me that there's likely going to be more programs. Oh, absolutely. And that it's as we go, as federal legalization happens, yeah. as cannabis becomes more commercialized and more mainstream, and we learn more and more about it, more programs like this will. Yeah. So people will need to learn. Yeah. And you know, you as a as a pioneer, you know, one of yeah. 200 people who have ever gotten this degree from this this university. I'll say there's a couple more than that, but we're we're in the hundreds. Okay, in the, in the hundreds. hundreds. Okay, yeah. okay. Sorry, I I apologize. You're totally fine. Okay, so yeah, in the hundreds, but that's you know that's incredible. And yeah. so like this is something that is needed. Mm-hmm. You seem like a go getter. So being a person who you know creates the information, as much as it's it's not out there, it's um you know it's it's out there and it's accessible to be learned and to be constructed to be learned. So we can create these trials, and I don't maybe maybe you you might be that person. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, uh, I'm not opposed to it. I, I know that I want to be in the space. I, I want to be an educator in the space. I don't necessarily know uh, how that's going to look like because I think as as it exists right now, there's going to be more opportunities for the younger people. So I'm, I kind of like the space I'm in now where I'm able to educate the people that are using cannabis. Obviously, I'm open to educating. I, I Obviously, I'd love to educate clinicians as well who are working in the space now, but I think I think people... Like kids that are eighteen right now, they kind of got it made, especially as it's as it pertains to like this cannabis industry. I don't necessarily feel like I need to teach them anything about cannabis that they're already not going to get to learn if they want to learn it. You know what I mean? Like when I was when I was graduating high school, a program like this didn't even exist. Um, so and jobs about jobs in cannabis weren't talked about. So like I think that the kids coming through the education system now are going to have more opportunities than like. I mean, I'm only 25, but more educa- more ex- uh, opportunities in education than I ever did when it comes to cannabis. Um, so I I, I want to educate people who who need to utilize it. I think that clinicians need more education about it um, because most people that you'll talk to will have a basic understanding of the endocannabinoid system, but they they don't necessarily know how to talk to their patients about cannabis. They don't even know how to talk to their patients about um, a dispensary setting, and that's not to discredit physicians in any sort of a way. That's what I that's what I want to bring into that space. Is like, I sat down with uh, my boss and I. We sat down with um, this awesome physician from York Hospital, and we um, we talked to her stroke um, stroke rehabilitation group about cannabis use, and we talked to them as simply as when you walk into a dispensary with your medical card, this is what you do, um, because there's. There's even a lack of understanding as far as that's concerned in the whole experience. Um, it's very nerve-wracking for people that are used to going to the pharmacist and getting their medication just given to them in a bag. It's very nerve-wracking to go to a dispensary for the first time and being told, pick out products that work for your pain. You know what I mean? So I I definitely think that I want to focus on educating people that they need that need the education for their field that they would need to go back to school to get it, you know what I mean, or, um, or or learn it in uh, like a continued continued education like credit. Don't physicians need to do that? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna that's gonna make me sound a little naive there, but no, it, you don't sound naive. Physicians and any type of clinician always needs to do continuing education. Yeah, so it's something that someone with your degree yeah. should be doing. So like I'd be, love to do that. Create the CEs then yep. start doing it. You know yep. what I'm saying? That that's what I'm saying is because you you have this passion and you are so. You know, you, you're so knowledgeable and you have, uh, you know, a leg up on everyone else because of this degree and because of the actual experience you're getting right now yeah. that you could be this person. Yeah. You know, you are this person. Mm-hmm. And I just I'm just I uh, try to take the time here in the space here to, to let you know that you're fully capable of that. And well, I appreciate that very much. Sometimes sometimes I need a 
I need a little pick me up in that department. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, we all do, right? Like we all need a little like, hey, you can do it. One of the core values of Dr. B. Well is like, you know, be your colleague's hype man, be your friend's hype man, you know, like build, bring everybody up. Just bring everybody up because what you're saying, what you want to do is like a really, really important, really, really uh, amazing, but challenging thing that no one's, no one's really ever done before. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's starting to happen a little bit here and there, but uh, you know, uh, and at the same time, people have been doing it. Forever, you know, with uh, not just with cannabis, but with pioneering into new spaces. Oh, absolutely. And so, like, I I just I I think that there's there's so much room for you to, uh, you know, for you to become that person and for there to become. Yeah. It's funny because like pharmacy is so, you know, medicalized. It's so commercialized. It's so, you know, you have the C's. Same thing with a physician. And if this is going to go that way, we don't want to um, we don't want it to become alcohol. Yeah. Like that's the, that it can't, it, it becoming alcohol it, and that's where the commercialization and the capitalization comes a little bit because people want to make money and, you know, so it'd be really nice if like if some of these patients could come in and they get educated and then when they go to pay, you know, they can pull out their insurance card. They can yeah. use their FSA. Yeah. You know, that would be really nice. And mm-hmm. so like, you know, keep driving education and like yeah. eventually the government won't be able to, to, you know, continue to close their eyes and they'll have mm-hmm. to say, well, this is real, this is producing outcomes and. Yeah. I need to help people, you know, get, you know, have access to this and get access to this. And, um, you know, I, I don't actually know if that's the answer. People, you know, a lot of people I talk to say that that is the answer. Yeah. And having a third party coverage, I, I think that that would be great. Mm-hmm. But I think that third party coverage and in insurance is, is a fuck show right now as is. Yeah. So like we, we should probably just burn the whole system to the ground and, and do something better uh, as a whole. But um in the meantime, it wouldn't be a, a bad to be able to get people cannabis who needed it and, uh, you know, having them pay, especially when they're, you know, your, your other drugs are being subsidized. So why shouldn't this one, you yeah. know, be subsidized? It's actually showing outcomes. It's actually being helpful. Yeah. I actually had a patient today. I uh, said, you want a receipt? And she says, yeah, I do, because I'm saving all these and I'm taking them to the state of New Hampshire and I'm showing them how much my cannabis costs without insurance. That's what she said to me today. I was like, hell yeah. That that's how we make change. Yep, that's awesome that yep. that lady. It was doing. cool. It was. I was like, you know what? Power to you. I was yeah. like, I think I I'm going to start printing my receipts as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and you want to know what? Now imagine this, right? Now imagine the, you know, that's a medical shop where people yeah. have their medical card, and that yeah. it is a good thing potentially because it it gives them access to different stuff. So people yeah. who don't know, if you have a medical card, you know, in, in an adult use shop in Maine, for instance, or any place, mm-hmm. you're going to have a very cap a very strict cap on the amount of milligrams you can get. Yeah. Uh, and so for some, you know, it might be 100 milligrams. That's usually what it is, yeah. uh, you know, in an, in an edible, for instance. Maine's a little crazy, I'll say. We have, uh, there's some high-dose edibles in the main medical. Market. For medical, yeah. Ex- yeah, which is medical, idiot, You know, yeah. and that's the thing is medical gives you access to that. So mm-hmm. there's some people who, you know, need higher doses, need higher milligrams. And so like that's, that's kind of a funky thing of how that's regulated. And I'm not, you know, I don't know if people should even have to have a card to have, you know, medical access, but maybe they should, you yeah. know, it's, it's really, it's a, and I probably should get pretty clear on these things. Yeah. Um, but it, it's something I, I, you know, I want to discuss because it's, you know, the medical card's good. It gives people access to these higher doses, gives people access to people like you, mm-hmm. but it's also a barrier. You know, it's also a barrier that that someone comes into your shop and you know says, "Hey, I don't have a medical card." And like, yeah, you might try to get them set up for a medical card and get up, but then they go, you, you know, really, what you're going to say is, if you need help today, there's an adult use shop down the street. You yeah. can go there now. All you need to do is be over at uh, 21, mm-hmm. and you can do it. Uh, 21, right? Yep. Yeah, 21, and so you can go over there and you can do that. Yeah. And 
then they're going to spend double the amount of money. They're going to, you know, maybe not get the same type of interaction that that you would have gotten there because they're not, you know, they're not growing or doing for medical outcomes over there. Yep. Uh, that kind of sucks. Yeah, we do run into that a lot. Luckily in Maine, it's it's again back to that accessibility standpoint. Like it's very very accessible in the state of Maine. We have patients. It's really like the New Hampshire patients that we we wish it was a little bit better for you because. I mean, I had a gentleman last week who I was like, hey, your card's about to be expired in a, in two weeks. And he didn't know medical cards expired. And he's from the state of New Hampshire. And it sometimes takes like three months for them to get you your card. Like we have a lot of patients that like, will go, oh, where did they go? And then we're like, oh, and then we're look and we're like, they're from the state of New Hampshire. Their ID must have run out and they must not have gotten the paperwork figured out beforehand. Whereas in the state of Maine, we're lucky that it's so accessible. We have websites like Cheap Med Cards Maine and Leafwell, and then your physician as as a means to get a med card. And I tell my patients all the time because some some of them will, will come in so distraught and they'll say to me, well, my card's about to expire and my physician changed over and I don't know what I'm going to do. And um, I say to them this, I go, it sucks that you even have to pay for this medical card. I said, but log on to Cheap Med Cards Maine. We get them all, we get them all set up. And I go, and they go, that sounds fake. And I go, I know. I said, but it's not. It's real. I've got my med card off of there. And I always tell them because they always get worried. Well, what if I pay and they tell me no? And I go, well, if they tell you no, they're telling you no for a good reason. But more likely than not, they are not going to be telling you no because um, you're dealing with with physicians who are actually their their job is to help you get medical certified from our medical cannabis program. And then in Maine, um, especially from cheap med cards, they will send you a medical card in your email um, inbox within 24 to 48 hours. So we tell our patients, especially the ones that come in from Maine, we hand them a card. It has a QR code because we don't have the means to give them cards at our shop. We give them a QR code. We just say to them, um, it would be really worth it if you if you could get your medical card. Um, you go to this website, you follow these instructions, you'll get on with the physician. You could have an appointment as early as today and you could have your medical card in your inbox within 24 to 48 hours and you can actually be shopping pretty pretty well as soon as you get that that digital copy you know what i mean so um it's nice in a market like maine but not everybody is like maine it's it's the point i made about new hampshire like i always feel so bad when my new hampshire patients come in and and their cards are close to expiring or um have expired because they have such a hard time getting their cards which we've heard from them is starting to improve um i think new hampshire is starting to certify people for three years so like um, so once they get their card, they're not really going to have to worry about it. Like, I mean, they'd have to worry sooner than they would their driver's license, but not every single year are you having to keep up with it. So, um, that makes it easy, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I, I agree that people need to have a card, but I think where at least I am in Maine and obviously like my goal is to see this happen all around the country. I think that everybody that wants to have access to medical cannabis shouldn't be able to have access to medical cannabis. That's a given. But if I'm talking about just my local community, like luckily Maine has such an accessible market that like the people that do want to have med cards are not having problems getting med cards typically, which is really great. Um, and so we do urge those people that come in, they don't know the, the they don't know the rules in Maine um, they don't know that you need a medical card to shop at our shop. Um, we will encourage them, help them get their med card. And if not for the medicinal aspects of shopping in a medical shop, if for the price aspect of it, just we tell them we're like, even like you will just save so much money, whether you shop with us or you shop with any other medical 
um, shop in the area, you will save money. And that's one thing that kind of gets through to people like, okay, there's one thing that everybody can agree on. It's 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 financial financial stuff. Yeah. Um, as we've learned in, in this country. But um, yeah, so we 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 get a lot of medical patients. We help a lot of people get cards. Um, it's definitely a system that I'd like to see outlawed. But as it exists in my local community, it's very easy and accessible. So I hope to see that continue for other states. If if the program in and of itself isn't dissolved, I'd love to see other programs kind of develop what Maine has where it's up to the discretion of a physician along with this list of conditions that could qualify you. Um, Massachusetts you ever, is very similar to that. Have you ever heard have you ever heard of anybody who's been denied a medical card? Um I had a I had a friend who was denied a medical card. Um this was maybe I'd say maybe three or four years ago, and they were denied it because the the first question they were asked was, why are you trying to get a medical card? And they said depression. So they had gotten um, they had gotten turned down for depression. I don't know if it was just the physician that they happened to be meeting with that day, um, or maybe they were concerned about like depression in an association with like substance abuse. But sounds like uh, something that cannabis is, is uh, you know, routinely used for and yeah. helpful for. Yeah, uh, pretty much. So that was just a, a physician. One of the physicians who certified it that day was having a yeah. having a tough time. And I don't know what avenue they had gone through, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I try to tell my patients all the time because, knock on wood, up until now, I haven't had a patient that's come in and tell, told me that the sites that I've sent them to to help them get their medical cannabis certification, that they've been declined. A lot of the time we see them in a couple of days and they have a big a big cheeky grin on their face and they show us their card and they go, look, I got it, I got it. And they're so stoked to show us and right. we get them all set up and... Um, Which is great. You know, yeah. you, get, you get them set up, you give them better yeah. access, cheaper prices, and then yeah. you're there. It's just it's it's just wonky, you know. It's wonky. I don't. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think I agree with you. It should probably be outlawed. Yeah. But then it's just it, this is another thing that's really challenging, right? I have yeah. a lot of friends in both spaces. Um, I'm a part of both spaces. I'm yeah. you know I'm in both markets. The medical community, it mm-hmm. it you know the reason why adult use costs so much more yeah. is because they have to do uh, seed to sale, you know, tracking and all, you know, all these other things, you know, a little bit more overhead with their shops and just, you know, things tax, you know, that's really what it, it comes to, you know, comes down to the cannabis that's being grown medically. It's, it's not, you know, it's not worse. These people aren't, you know, aren't doing worse things and, you know, it might not all be tested, but it's, I just, I don't know if like, you know, doing it and regulating it so heavily where we're testing it, like, you know, it's kind of nice that it organically exists like this where people can go and they can trust their, you know, their local shop and they can know that they're getting good medicine. Um, and a lot of these shops are testing anyways. The shops that are good, like you said, you had access to all this stuff because the shops that are good, they are testing anyways. Yeah. So it's just like making it this requirement and to do it through this, you know, the specific metric system. I, It's okay. I think that there's benefit to it. I just... I don't really know what's going to happen or what the true answer is. I just know that I want people to have better access to the to the plant and yeah. whatever that may be is probably how we should go about it. Yeah, I almost think like I think sometimes that a, a better system more than like medical versus recreational might almost be like as opposed to separating the people, maybe separate the products. You know what I mean? Like I definitely have products that the way that I speak about them to people and I th- we brushed upon this as well. Uh, like I have products that I use for relaxation, for recreation. I also have products that I use for my anxiety. I have products that I use for my sleep. 
obviously not everybody's perfect, but I try my very best to make sure that I don't mix the two because, you know, if I'm using a distillate edible to help me go to sleep, I'm usually like wicked overstimulated. And that's great when I want to sit on my couch and watch a movie with my friends. But it's really horrible when I'm like up at two in the morning and every time I close my eyes, I'm having like a weird dream, you know what I mean? And then waking up 20 minutes later. So I try to be very intentional with how I consume the products. And I and I try to make sure that the ones I'm using for more, um, what could could be perceived as more recreational um, uses are, are one product. And the products that I'm using for my medical uses are, are different products. Um, because the second I start to blur those areas, I, I like I lose sleep. I am anxious at work, and it just is. It's not good. So um, I almost think that like maybe that's. I mean, there's not going to be there's not going to be a perfect solution to how this ever gets figured out. There's going to be a kink in the system. Whether Personal we, relationship. Yeah, whether we think about it for ten years or twenty years or five years or two years, you know what I mean. Whether we figure out how we're going to make this more accessible to people, there's always going to be like a shortcoming. But I almost think that maybe if, if we were to separate the products that people use on. But then that like almost contradicts the point that I made earlier. Where I'm like, I want it to be accessible to people. I want people to have, be able to choose what they want to do. So it's again, there's like <laughs> there's no no scenario in which like I feel like people aren't going to be contradicting themselves in some some way. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean, because if you want accessibility, but you want standardization, you kind of get screwed with the standardization or the accessibility if you standardize it in vice yeah. versa. So, Regulating it. Yeah. yeah. You, it just When you regulate it, you lose that that freedom, you yeah. know, because you want it to be safe. But is it already safe? You know, who yeah. you know what's what's going on? There's it's I'm I'm gonna be very interested to see how it it, it ends up like unfolding. That's kinda why I it's another reason why I'm more interested in the like the educational space of it is because like and and most people that know me, like I'm not a I'm not a uh, get into it politics type person so i'm uh, i'm i i'm all for advocating for my patients comes to that i might just let people who kind of know what they're talking about when it comes yeah, to the, policy get their feet a little yeah free. the people who are on the policy yeah. track they want to ask me how efficacious the plan is they can come and they can ask me but when it comes to the actual nitty-gritty of how they're going to roll out um like the medical going forward or the adult use going forward like talk to somebody in my program yeah, I talked to my friend. Talk, yeah, just, exactly. Talk to somebody else who who's in that space with that intention. Yeah, because it's not me. <laughs> right. Okay. Cool. So, and I'm and I'm obviously interested in seeing it change, but I don't necessarily think I'm the I'm not I don't have the type of brain to sit down and educate myself in that sense enough to sit there and like, like, get into it with somebody. You know? What yeah, I mean? for sure. Because that's not what I care about. But like I told you the other day, I'll I'll sit and I'll get into it with my twin sister about about cannabis and psychosis. So. Yeah, I can I can I can get behind that. But yeah, well, that's a, me- a medical outcome, like you're saying. Yeah. And so now, you you know, you say you're talking about a, this is something that I'm very near and dear to my heart. I'm yeah. I'm curious about what your opinion is on it. And so Dr. Be Well, honey, you know, so like right now, my you know, when I got into this, I saw the current state of edibles. I saw what it looked like and uh, I didn't think it was very good. I saw that that people were strictly just using distillate um, and that they were uh, they were you know, infusing gummies and chocolate yeah. and, you know, some drinks had started to come on board. Yeah. I'd, I'd seen that, but I, I was curious as to why, like, you know, I think that the vehicle matters, you know, how you're getting yeah. your cannabis matters very much. So, especially somebody who comes from a dietetic background, Yeah, you know, so I, uh, I, with the honey, I made sure that the, the way that we went about it was that it was always going to be 
you know, a real product, natural local honey from, you know, sourced from the area where it's being, uh, you know, presented. The cannabis is a full spectrum, you know, full spectrum, uh, you know, cannabis oil that's giving you all, you know, everything possible, you know, within the plant that you can get from doing an extraction process like yeah. that. Um, and then infusing that in a way that's also not uh, degrading either the honey or the cannabis oil in any way. Uh, that was like super important to me. So I, I, I think that the industry is going a little bit more towards that way. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm just curious to what, you know, if somebody comes into your shop and, you know, they, they just, you know, they gummies and chocolate, that's kind of where we're at. And it's like, yeah. you know, wouldn't it be better if they could, you know, have a teaspoon of honey with their, with their tea? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we definitely, we see a lot with our patients and some people like are really into the, the edibles. And I think as long as you're consuming what you need to, again, consume it in the way that you want from like a dietetic standpoint of things uh, like I would like to I would like to see it steer away from like the gummies the cho- I mean I wouldn't necessarily say the chocolates because I, I like the chocolates for sleep um maybe maybe like more towards the dark chocolate you know yeah <laughs> stay away from well the vehicle that. matters well exactly. our bodies have been processing yeah. chocolate for millennia yeah so that when you add a little bit of cannabis into yeah. the chocolate it says oh I know what to do with this I know what to do with this let's do it so like that's not bad but Taking, you know, that, uh, you know, a processed sugar, which is a, you know, a, that is what it is, mm-hmm. you know, the versus honey, which is a non-processed yeah. sugar. It's a, re, it's a real sugar. Mm-hmm. You know, that might be a little bit different at bedtime. Yeah. You know, so if it's working for you, it's working for you and that's yeah. giddy up. Yep. But maybe, yeah, and that's because it's been happening in our systems forever. We know how to process, you know, the, the gummies, guess what guys, we haven't been processing gummies for as long. You yeah. Know, we haven't been, you know, getting this type of candy for as yeah. long, you know, maybe a hundred, 150 years opposed mm-hmm. to, you know thousands of years we've been consuming chocolate mm-hmm. um so i i just am so passionate about this and i'm I, specifically was the way you know it would make me feel like i was you know i was getting edibles and it was you know using this and this isn't any good this isn't you know it's it's okay it's helping me a little bit but i i know like you i know there's something more i know there's something better uh, and i had to take that real deep dive into it and and you know got passionate about it and created this yeah and I definitely see like I can see people starting to move towards it. We're seeing a lot of more a lot more vendors like making tablets and capsules and whatnot. Um, and so and I see a lot of patients coming in. They're using a lot of tinctures and they're using tincture, tinctures orally. So and I tell people that all the time. I say I, I recommend tinctures a lot to people that are willing to, to listen to me talk about tinctures because, again, you see you see a package with like a really good looking gummy on the outside. And of course, you want that over this oil that I'm telling you that you're going to leave in your mouth. You know what I mean, or swallow, or, or or consume it in whatever way you want to consume it. But um, anybody that listens to me about the tinctures, I always get on about the tinctures because I'm like, why wouldn't you buy this product? It's basically like it's like buying two in one shampoo. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, you can swallow this and it acts like an edible. You can drop it under your tongue and it acts like a tincture. And then you can put it on again whatever vehicle you want. I I have people that mix it in with um with drinks when they're around their friends. Yeah, and they use it in in. For relaxation purposes and they they kind of use it as a substitute for alcohol um i see that plenty um but I, and i definitely see people moving out and away from um the gummies or we hear it a lot people asking us like oh like like and especially the issues that people have in the american diet we consume so much sugar in the american diet and you see it like my mom used to say it when we were kids like she would we'd be complaining about having bad skin and she'd be like well it's because you're eating like crap this week and we would never want to hear it, but she would say, "What what you put on the what you put on the inside comes out on the outside. So if you're not liking, if your body's not liking what you're putting into it, it's going to take it out on you. You know what I mean? So and and we have a couple of patients that come in and and they um 
they're not the majority of patients, um, but we do have patients that come in and they are seeking, uh, whether it's for diabetes, you know, you don't want to be, if you need a, a 50 milligrams of an edible per se, and they're dosed at five milligrams a piece and you're a diabetic, you're not going to sit there and crush 10 gummies. You know what I mean? So we definitely see the, the need for it. I definitely am seeing more products that are oriented towards like, how can we give you cannabis without the sugar? Definitely see plenty that are, um, are, are definitely like, like sour candies and, um, and different funky fun products, um, that again, I think that goes to that conversation where we were having earlier where I said, is it, should we divide people or should we divide products? You know what I mean? Where you can have a 10 milligram edible, but if we're in the medicinal space, this might be a capsule that's, that's a full spectrum capsule. Whereas if it's in the adult use space, it's a 10 milligram distillate nerd rope candy. You know right. what I mean? And you're understanding and separating the two products so that people can almost instinctually use them intentionally. It would, it would, you know, as much as I like, I'm, I'm trying to think of like all the hoops that would need to be jumped yeah. through to make that happen or to see but, a place where it would be possible. But yeah, the end just, outcome, what you're saying, people would 100% prefer yeah. to, for the medicinal. It's, it's yeah. been taking capsules and, and tinctures yeah. and stuff like that forever. So like getting away from the, the food base, you know, that type of deal, I think would be benefit beneficial. But yeah. At the same time, you you know, if somebody likes to take their honey and, yep. and they're in the medicinal space, yep. you know, they should Absolutely. be able to take their honey that way. Yeah. yeah. So it's tough. It's so, yeah. it is, you know, and I just, I hope that it just becomes, you know, I hope that, that everyone kind of gets out of their own way. Mm-hmm. The, the the money interests aren't too, yeah. you know, uh, tight on it. And, and we're really able to get people access that yeah. they need and, um, you know, really start to, start to decrease the, um, you know, the stigma that yeah. still exists around it. Oh, absolutely. Know? It's like, uh, you know, when, you know, seven years ago, eight years ago, whenever, when I, you know, I don't know how long ago it was, but when I started to use cannabis personally, I remember how afraid I was, you know, how afraid I was to even share it with people and yep. to share it that I was using it medicinally to help mm-hmm. me sleep and, and stuff. And, yep. um, you know, now we do a podcast about it. Yeah. You know? I remember my, fr- my friends uh, who was getting me some homegrown stuff, he had bought me a, I remember he bought me a vape from a recreational shop in Massachusetts and he brought it up to me when I was a senior in college because I was having trouble sleeping. And I remember I called him on the phone and asked him to teach me how to, how to use a vape. And I, and I sat there and I probably stared at it for about 20 minutes because I was afraid this was going to like, like, ex- like make my head explode. Like, <laughs> so they're scary. It's scary to use the products. And it's, um, I like that the cannabis space is getting safer in terms of like letting people know that like, and I tell people too, like, again, to, like I said earlier, I tell people like, make sure if you're using a product that you never have and maybe you're like, you don't know how you're going to respond to it. Maybe try it on a day that you're, you don't have anything to really do. Um, and then I'll say, like, do it in a safe space. Do it around somebody that you're comfortable with. Again, because it can be daunting for people and they don't know how they're going to react to it. Like, and it can be scary because I think about, again, a lot of our patients being in, in being older people, like they come from such a, they have such a stigma about it. And it's, and it's, and it's a war on drugs stigma. It's not like, it's not like when I grew up and we went through the D.A.R.E. program, it's like people were just like, marijuana is a gateway drug and BHO is going to kill you and like all that. Like 
like they grew up in a real with real fear surrounding it. Yeah, people going to to jail for a long yeah. time because they were involved in it. Yeah, and so like I those are the people that like I personally try to take a little bit of like extra care with and like sometimes we'll literally be like it's all good, we got you. Like we got you, we're going to teach you how to do this and I don't care if we have to sit here for 30 minutes and do it, you know. Um and I think that's the nice thing about the space is a lot of people are willing to talk about it. I mean, you and I are sitting here talking about it today, which is awesome. Um, and I just hope that more people continue to because it's going to be less scary for people. It's going to it's going to be I don't want to say more appealing to people because I don't necessarily know if that's the goal. But um, if we're talking about plant medicine as a whole, it's going to attract people to plant medicine as a whole. Yeah, it's already do- it's already done that. Cannabis has uh, cannabis paved the way for psychedelics for psilocybin, which is happening next, which is the most important thing that's happening to society. I'm so excited and in our lifetime. I'm very excited. I uh, it's one of the one of the books on my on my to read list is uh, How to Change Your Mind. We had a, a gentleman come speak during one of our symposiums for school. Um, I, I think his name was Dustin Strickland or Justin Strickland. Sorry if I messed that up, if he is ever out there. He was a really cool dude from Johns Hopkins, and they are doing killer stuff with psilocybin right now, which I think is going to be awesome. So he got us really fired up about it, and I went home, I bought the book because he was telling us about it, and I haven't haven't quite had the yeah, mental capacity. I'm like, I'm giving myself like a month since, well, a couple months since I've graduated to just kind of be, be just be content yeah. and work. Yeah, and, and and do that, and then you'll okay. bury yourself back in the books. But that that's yeah. one to definitely change your mind on. You know, yeah, it's literally, uh, it's it's you know, the, it's funny. It will be known as the pollinization of America, which yep. is great because of the pollinization. Yeah. Um. You know, it's before there's before how to change your mind and after how to change your mind. Yeah. And that's a that's like a real thing. Um. And it's cool because it's a lot of those people who I was trying to like talk to, like my parents. Yeah. I'd say like, hey guys, like this is this is what's good, and this is where we're at, and this is where we're trying to push it forward. But it, it took somebody like that yeah. who hadn't who had been you know in the di- dietetic space and had been you know trying to give people wellness in different means for a long time yeah. to to go at it in in that way mm-hmm. uh, i was very well researched it, it came it was articulated in, in a really nice way the, um, the netflix special is is really great too i so. saw that i'm a, i'm really horrible if i watch a movie i can never go back and read the book even though i even though i know the book is better than the movie i i I just can't. I need like the suspense of not knowing what's next. Yes. To to keep me going, even if it's even if it's a book like How to Change Your Mind, you know. Right. I can never watch the movie first, but I've been itching to watch it. Do you do you partake personally? No. Okay. Um. I. Back to the conversation we had earlier. It's something that I, I don't I don't know enough to not be afraid of. Yep. Um, and for me, I need to get to a space where I'm less afraid of it to, to open it up. Cause I know that it's, a, I know that it's, um, I know it's a plant that would be really beneficial for me. Um, like I'm a wicked control freak. We talked a little bit about my anxiety and I have no problem talking about it. Like I think it'd be really good for me. Um, it's the reason cannabis is good for me because it lets me like end of my day, just be like, all right, anything that happened, like let's toss it to the wind. Let's throw it out. And that's the little bit of control that I'm willing to give up. Yeah. I'm trying to get better at it. Um, but it's it's something that I think would be really beneficial for me in that sense. Um, I just need to to become a little bit more educated to the point where I'm I'm not so afraid of it. Yeah. because um, I think if I'm if I go into it afraid of it, I'm I don't I don't know if I I'm gonna get what I want from it. And I wanna have I wanna have a I wanna have a good experience. I don't need it to be a profound experience or anything like that, but um, I know that I I want it to be an intentional experience if I do. Yeah, it's gonna. It's uh, let me just let me reassure you right now. Yeah, don't be afraid. All right, you're gonna be okay. All right, and when uh, and also at the same time uh, when you do 
feel called. You know, there's plenty of people, including me and yeah. other people who are in this network who will support you and, and get you through this and, and, well, I and appreciate yeah, it. and be there for you. And yeah. um, it'd be great. You know, there's even if even if we weren't available, yeah. you know, there's something called Fireside, which means that, that, yeah, if you can, you can take that, you take the, you know, you take the trip and then if you're having a bad trip, you can call this number and they'll help yeah. you. And then they'll even help you integrate afterwards. If you'd like, you know, you can call them. It's toll free. Yeah. You know, there's probably something like that for cannabis as well. You know, totally. and we should, we should definitely start promoting it to people. Yeah. Um, but it's great what's happening with, with you know, with plant medicine and yeah. with, with the fungus, with everything that's going on. It's so important. And yeah. uh, I think it's going to be, you know, this time, you know, in the 70s, it, it wasn't shepherded in the right way necessarily just because it was just thrown on everybody. And so, to, you know, to, to not do it as a uh, medicinal thing, they weren't looking for that introspection. A lot of it happened along the way. And that's yeah. how we got all these beautiful stuff. But a lot of people were telling people just to, to get fucked up. Yeah. Um, and that was just a little bit misconstrued. Mm-hmm. Because what we really want is to just get people in the space where they can be comfortable, they can have that introspective experience and say, dang, Kelsey, why am I so stressed? I don't need to be stressed about this. Like, this day is fine. This happened. Oh, everything's all good. It gives yeah. you that, you know, that that openness. Um, and I'll be very excited to to hear about your experience. And we're, we're there for you, uh, you know, when, when you decide to, or, you know, and if you decide to do it. Because just like cannabis, it's not a silver bullet, not for everybody. Yep. It does seem like it is definitely going to be for you. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, it's not it's not for everybody. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've had such an awesome time talking with you today. Yeah. I think that you are an, an absolutely incredible person who has uh, her mind in like a, a very focused and right way. Um, I, I, I'm very grateful that your program exists. I'm very grateful the way that you talk about it. And I'm super excited to see like where you go. You know, I, I do honestly believe that, you know, wherever it's going to be, I know that we're going to have the Cole sisters on and we're going to be doing a couple of shows to get oh, there yeah. and that's going to be great. But like one day I think that you're going to be in this room with me and we're going to be talking about something super profound that you have done, uh, you know, within cannabis, just based on your, uh, you know, your passion and uh, your ability to, to really see uh, the, the true benefits of, of the plant. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's, it's great to be in the space with somebody that, that thinks about the plant the way that you think about the plant. I'm surrounded by a lot of great people that, that think the way that you think, that think the way that I think. And yeah, it's only going to make this industry go up. So that's it. Where, now, where, uh, where can people find you? Uh, you guys can find me at Tops Farm in Maine, York, okay. Maine. Tops Farm in Tops York, Farm, Maine. Maine. Yeah. Okay, what? Uh, going to be there probably through October, um, unless anything outstanding comes my way. But uh, I'm enjoying being there right now. So yeah, I love love my patients. Love my love the love the team that I work with. I have a, a Tops Farm uh, tattoo on my finger. So oh, I love it. Clearly love the people that I work with. So. Yeah, that that's really cool, man. That that just shows me how much you do care about the people that you work with. You yeah. care about your patients. You care about what you're doing. You put it on your body. Um, if people wanted to reach out to you personally, would that uh, do you have a social that you'd want them to to you know feel well, free not to to do it at the same time? You can find me on LinkedIn. You can always search my name, Kelsey Cole. Uh, okay. I'm also pretty responsive on Instagram. My uh, my handle is Kelsey Cole. Okay. So you can find me on Instagram, ask any questions that you ever have, because I always like answering them. Yeah. Everybody that knows me knows that I never shut up about this, even when I'm not at work. So. Well, it's great because we don't, we don't want you to shut up. We want you to keep talking about it. And we're going to, you know, give you access to more people who are, you know, I'm, I'm sure that people are going to reach out to you from, from listening to this episode and say, hey, Kelsey, you know, you're talking about CBG, you know, sound like a yeah. giddy up, you know, I'm going to come into to Top's farm and 
I'm sure that you're going to have a lot of those experiences from that. And yeah, I can't wait to uh, to see to see what happens with with you and and what you what you bring to the table. I gotcha. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. We like we, we like to call it the giddy up. It's the giddy up. That's for sure. <laughs> that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for for you know taking the time with Kelsey and I today. It was absolutely awesome to you know to be with her and to be with you guys. Uh, you know, learning about cannabis, learning about this great plant. Uh, learning about what we can do for each other, uh, you know, this, con- this connection and everything. Uh, let's keep learning. Let's keep growing. Let's keep being well. <laughs>